Welcome to Bible Chicks, women who are normally just as is, but we're at our supernatural best when we choose to read, believe, and live out God's Word, whatever's going on in our lives. So get ready to laugh with us and be blessed as you hear our unique stories and inspiring music. Thanks for joining us. It's going to be good. Reading, believing, living His Word. Praying, never receiving all the truth that we've heard. Loving and growing and hoping our faith is showing. Don't you know we're Bible chicks? Hi, I'm Carol Brewer, and welcome again to Bible Chicks. We're going to start off with a song that I'm really blessed to share with you. This is a song I did a few years ago. I sang, had the opportunity to use a song that was offered to me by wonderful songwriter John Rososco, and he co-wrote this with Al Kasha and Joel Hirshhorn, some Academy Award-winning songwriters. So I am blessed to share it with you. It's called Everything Began With You. I want to 
the love of the Lord is just beyond our comprehension. But as Bible chicks, we're imperfect women who have received God's love that is beyond measure. And, you know, we try to our best to return that by our lifestyle, the things we do. We, we really try, but it's with his word, it's with his prayer, it's with his power that we're able to do that. And I'm going to share with you my story now. I have a chance to do that. And I've brought a friend with me, Sandy Padilla, because she's going to ask the questions since I have the answers or I'm going to be sharing my story with you. And Sandy, I just want to welcome you back. We had a wonderful time a few weeks back with your story and and being on the show. So Sandy, it's all yours. I'm going to turn it over to you. And thanks for being the interviewer. Oh, sure. Thanks for having me do this. We've been having a lot of fun, haven't we? It's been fun. It is fun. Wow. So many interesting stories and experiences. And now we get to find out more about you. Thank you. Well, so let's kind of start at the beginning, maybe. What do you think about that? And you might be looking at your watch and saying, oh, my gosh, she's going to go back to the beginning. How long is this show? (laughs) It's going to be an extended show today. No, we're going to keep it down to the condensed version. But I have to tell you, it was when I was born and I was born legally blind and cross-eyed in my left eye. And wait, this wait, was... wait. You're kidding me. From looking at you, you'd never know that in a million years, Carol. Ah, uh, well, I'll get to that in a minute and how that how that is. But, but I was born with being legally blind and cross-eyed. You know, this was before Cookie Monster became popular. And because of my outward appearance, I learned early on that I didn't look quite the same as the other boys and girls. And they would come up and look at me and, you know, kind of like, oh, that looks funny or that looks weird. And so that's what I saw as a kid growing up. Hmm. I saw that. And it wasn't until you mentioned why my eyes look straight now. Well, they do. My left eye still turns in when I get tired, especially on close-up shots. Not so much fun. But anyway, I had my eyes straightened. And I'll move forward past elementary school because I really wanted to talk a little bit about that. But I had my eyes straightened when I was nine, first my left eye through surgery. And then 11, when I was 11, I had my right eye straightened to go in sync with the left. Now this, you know, my husband says I'm still out of sync, but at least my eyes are straight. (laughs) (laughs) And even though my eyes were straightened on the outside, my heart wasn't on the inside. You know, in elementary school, they called me names. The the kids that didn't feel as good about themselves, uh-huh. the ones that had low self-esteem or the ones that whose parents, you know, maybe just didn't give them a sense of conscience or a little more understanding of people with disabilities, you know, they weren't feeling good about themselves. So for whatever weird we- reason we have, people like that or kids like that, they kind of will maybe make themselves feel better if they pick on somebody else. I grew up with chickens, you know, in, in Fair Oaks. We have chickens and well, pigeons and cows. Well, that must be why you've named this radio show Bible, Bible chicks. chicks. You know, there's <laughs> nothing cuter than little chicks. And then there's, uh, you know, the hens are gorgeous. I had Goldie and Brownie and Blackie, our hens. And then we had Rooster and he was beautiful. So chickens are beautiful, but they have an interesting characteristic. What's that's that? That's a lot like people. What is that? You know, they they pick on each other. Uh You know, like if one has a little wound or Mm -hmm. one has a little imperfection, the others will pick on them. And people are are like that unless they have the conscience of the Lord, of God's Mm -hmm. word in their life. They pick. And I don't think it's just kids that do it, though kids do it. But adults do it as well. They pick on each other. And it doesn't have to be. It can be in church. 
You know, it's amazing how, and, 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 you know, ladies, you know, I was in Music Man many years ago and we had the pick a little, talk a little, cheep, 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 little talk, <laughs> ladies, and they were just like the little gossipy thing, cheep, cheep, cheep. right? So what were they doing? We Bible chicks try not to be like that. But there I was in elementary school, difficult. Yeah, Carol, how did that affect you? I mean, when we all face those adversities or sometimes people criticize or make fun of us, especially when we are younger, there's, there's sometimes bullies. And I think that's a real issue today. How did that affect you? And how did you overcome that? Oh, I didn't overcome that till later on. So let me, let me talk about a little bit this longer because that's, that came a lot later and the low self-esteem definitely was planted. Those seeds were planted. The way children looked at me with my Mm -hmm. outward appearance being cross-eyed. And even though my eyes were straightened, as I mentioned before, my heart wasn't. And I went into junior high and high school still, it looked the same on the inside looking out. And I still had that, I still was cross-eyed in my own mind. That's who Mm. I was. I hadn't changed even though outside I had. Now, the gift of music was really strong. And so even though, in, and the chickens, pigeons, and cows love my singing out in the pasture, you know, and I graduated from the pasture to my school, and I started singing, <laughs> and I started singing in choirs. and Really? All. So it was that in high school? I was college? in high school, yep. And I uh-huh. got the lead in my high school musical when I was a senior. Which musical was that? Oh, and it's an obscure musical. It was a takeoff on Cinderella called Cindy. And so I dutifully did all my parts and learned everything. And we did our weekend big show, you know, the Friday night, Saturday, Sunday and all that. And I got the applause that I was looking for. I got that, that sense. And, you know, even though I, I got some, a lot of great positive feedback because, you know, when people are on platforms, they sort of look for that, like, oh, you know, that's going to fulfill something Mm -hmm. that's going to fill a void in my Mm -hmm. life because maybe Mm -hmm. people will really like me because I was, I felt very unliked. I was lonely. I was a lonely kid, you know, and we lived in Fair Oaks where we, we didn't have, we weren't in a busy neighborhood. That's why the chickens, pigeons and cows, because they were the ones that liked me. But, you know, I was looking for that seriously. And here I was in high school and did, did that musical. And I thought, gee, this is the ticket to people liking me. Maybe I should, you know, get out there and sing more. Oh, you know, my self-esteem went from a minus 10 to a minus five. It was a big improvement. (laughs) I never still made it to zero. And I thought, well, I'll go to college and be a music major. Maybe, you know, I'll, I'll get out there and people, I can get all those positive strokes I was looking for. And I was, I was a music major in college at Sac State in Sacramento, California State University. Sacramento, and I did all that classical training and all the studying. But there were some music majors there who were going to Campus Crusade for Christ. They were going to um, other events, and and they were praying together, and they were praying for me. Really? They were, you know, they were praying. They kind of knew that I had some potential. We all do. We all? Yes. Who? Yes. Who who doesn't have potential? I don't care how far away somebody is from the Lord or right. or or whatever they're believing or they're. I believed that God was in trees for heaven's sake. So I oh was my. really mixed up. I didn't know anything about God's word. So you weren't going to church at that time. No, we did not. We did not in go a to youth church group or anything. Nothing. Nothing. Okay. And I missed a lot. You know, but. 
I didn't even know there was a New Testament. I thought the whole book was old. Oh, my goodness. That's all I knew about God's Word. Wow. The Holy Bible. That is it. It. That is all I knew. So I went into college with no knowledge of the scriptures or how much God loved me, how much he's crazy about me. You know, all that he did for me. I mean, I, what Cecil B. DeMille movies was about it. My only Bible training, you know, watching some of the old movies and the Ten Commandments, uh, the Ten Commandments and, and Ben-Hur and God's I mean, that voice was, thundering from the mountain. That was it. That was it. And also, if you don't know Jesus in a personal way, there's a fear, yeah. you know, God, that judgmental God. And mm-hmm. and I that is sort of the God I knew too, and so I thought, well, I forgot about religion completely. It will go away. I won't have to think about it. So, what kind of turned that around? What turned your heart to the Lord? Yeah, you know, it was a. I was. Uh, I'll tell you, it was like a gray veil over my eyes, and people would share the truth with me, the truth of God's word, and it would bounce off. You know, kind of it was like a shield. It would, that word, it would not penetrate. It would, it meant nothing. And I have to remember that because that is how, you know, there may be a listener listening today and you're feeling the same way about that. Like, I just can't relate to this. And maybe you're feeling the same way. But I understand how that feels because we're in such a strong mindset that you hear a scripture and then you also have this preconceived idea, oh, that's, you know, those are Christians or something. And you feel like that. And so that just bounces off of you. It doesn't, your your heart is crusty and you're not allowing the truth to, to permeate and get there. So what has to happen with the heart, with the crusty heart, is it has to, the crust, the layers have to come off. Where do those layers come off? How did they come off with me? People were showing unconditional love to me. My music major friends in college. Wonderful. My wonderful girlfriend, Kathy, and uh, just so many others that loved God so much. And they did invite me to things. And I thought, oh, I didn't need to go that. That's a crutch. I didn't need to go this or that. I, I wasn't interested. And then God brought this really neat guy into my life, you know, and he thought, well, I'll, let's hit her over with the head with a sledgehammer. Yeah, I wonder who that might <laughs> well, be. Okay, this really cool guy, Jan Brewer, <laughs> my husband to be. Wow. And Jan Brewer was the coolest guy at the college. He was in the college stage band and he was the hottest drummer that, that was there. Woo. And he played in the stage <laughs> band and he did these incredible, you know, just madman solos. And I was so impressed as a music major, I thought, oh, this is cool. My voice teacher even congratulated me for dating him. It was just unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) But I dated, I dated Jan Brewer and he, and was he a Christian? Yes, he was a Christian, but he had to be a little bit, you know, to be dating me. Uh-oh. Ah. <laughs> you, know, like he, he thought, you know, he was attracted to me. And so we started going out and, he, you know, he started getting serious about this. And he thought, you know, I think I better because if I'm talking getting engaged or marriage in his own mind, he was thinking, you know, I better, you know, I really need to marry a Christian. That's what he's thinking. So he took me to a rally. And it was at Cal Expo Racetrack. What a place that was. And, you know, I want to tell you a little bit about this as, after we come back, about how I came to the Lord and then what God's been doing in my life since then. Singer, 
singer-songwriter Carol Brewer reflects lasting expressions of God's love through her beautiful music and inspiring writing. Audiences connect with both Carol's contemporary and traditional songs of worship and praise. She also teaches others to sing God's praises through her popular voice training book, Cooking Up a Song. Pick up Carol's music and books today at Amazon.com, iTunes, and BibleChicks.com. Reading, believing, living His Word. Don't you know we're Bible Chicks? Hi, this is Sandy Padilla, and we're back on Bible Chicks. And today, I'm actually interviewing the founder of this show, Carol Brewer. Hi, Carol. Oh, it's great to be back. And to pick up where we left off here. Yeah, you were telling me how you met your sweet husband, Jan, in college. That is such a great story. What else was happening in your life at that time? I was a music major, as I mentioned before, at, at uh, Sac State, California State University, Sacramento. And, you know, a lot of people think, oh, isn't that great and all. But I had about six different voice teachers and almost quit singing completely. You know, one time I came out, on, for we had to be in student recitals. One time I came out on that stage, I was so petrified. And then it had a wooden floor. You can imagine opening the big door and I'm coming out to stand in front of the grand piano. And already knees knocking and all that and walking out, my shoes squeaked. You know, across the floor. Oh. So that just totally. And then I remember there was sort of a bump on the grand piano, hanging on white knuckles, cramming my knees together because they were not keeping good time with the Italian aria I was trying to squawk out. You know, and it it was a sad picture. I was not in, asked to ever sing solos for anything. I was dropped from concert choir because my. My voice teacher told me that I wasn't good enough to be in any longer. Here I was a music major, got an A in history, for heaven's sakes, but couldn't sing for anybody. Mm. And I actually had to drop uh, from college for a while, and I took privately from a wonderful person, Jackie Victorino, who really, really helped me quite a bit. And I actually went back and auditioned. I was also, at this point, a brand-new Christian, and that's what happened at the Cal Expo racetrack, because... I was, my how husband, is that possible? How how did you how did, meet Christ to the racetrack? Yeah, what a place, huh? And you know what a spiritual place that was. And I went with straw hat and sunglasses, incognito, because I really didn't want anybody to see that I was at one of these these things. You know, I thought maybe if I brought Kleenex, doesn't everybody bring Kleenex <laughs> to these Christian? I don't know. And so I I was way up on the top balcony with Jan. He brought me to this. Oh. And so there I was. And you know, Leighton Ford gave an incredible message. Wow. And I'm sitting there on the top listening, and you know, then he gave an what we call an invitation. He invited those who um, would like to seat the Lord on the throne of their heart and make the Lord the the to seat him there and and make him king of our hearts. He gave this invitation, and you know, and I sat down. You know, just, I don't know, kind of just that attitude I had and hanging onto my seat. But, you know, I really have searched the Mm. depths of my soul to really figure out how this worked. I felt hot under the collar and steam coming out of my ears. And the Holy Spirit wired my seat because I stood up. And then he asked those who were standing. I thought I'd sit back down as quick as I could. But he asked those who were standing to please come forward. Well, you know, I was up several flights of stairs. But, you know, I had the straw hat off and the sunglasses, and I was just 
myself before the Lord and one foot going in front of the other, flight after flight, down to the bottom of the Cal Expo racetrack, uh, that grassy area, and I felt the trials and frustrations go sliding out my toes. And I was filled with a warmth and a presence that I had never felt before. And that's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, he's always been with me. And I blow it every day, Sandy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not God. I am his child. You know, as you mentioned in your show, it's our inheritance. Mm-hmm. But I'm human and I blow it every right. day. Right. But he gives us a chance to empty of ourselves yeah. of us every day and be filled with him. But so many times early in our life, we're looking for that identity, that those missing pieces, those who are we? What were we created for? So how did you find that purpose in your life, that mission? I know it was through God's love and that touch that he gave you that very day. Yes. How did that feel? That Well, the warmth and presence is everything. Once you know it, you just, you don't ever want to go back to being the empty vessel. You want to be filled. And it doesn't matter what your what kind of vessel you are, because when you, because the Holy Spirit is like beautiful flowers. And, you know, it's, that's what the people see is the flowers, not the vessel. They see the flowers when they're in the vase or the vase or whatever we are, or a pot, cracked pots. That's what he sees, <laughs> you know. But, but it was just, I guess, that question, how I had a chance, of course, right away, um, a pastor's wife said, have you ever been in a good Bible study? And, well, I could honestly say no. I went through the Billy Graham four books to start off with. They gave those to me, and I went through those. And, and But I'd never been, and it was in those studies, and that word, again, could be kind of negative because it sounds like homework. But really, it's like going to a banquet and just savoring, like, wow, it, it shows us it's the roadmap for our life. Yes. And, that's, and that by reading and kind of chewing on it, you know, and thinking about it and absorbing it because it's just for us and it's living and powerful. So, you know, you, you, you start taking that in it. It's nourishment for our souls. Because it's the living word. It's the living word. It's nourishment. It fills. You can go without a meal, Uh, you know, you can just be so hungry for it. And the more that you get into his word, the more it satisfies and you realize how much God loves us. And so it's that it, we're no longer about self-esteem. It's about our steam, esteem in the Lord. Absolutely. We are no longer, you know, we're no longer looking to ourselves for whatever. We have it. We've already been given to it because we have God's word telling us all about who we are and how important we are. You know, it's like having a spiritual ID card. It is. You know, all of us carry around a driver's license, an ID. It's the identifying information. So how did the Lord continue to help you identify with who He created you to be and that purpose? And how did He open the doors for you in ministry and in singing? How did you, how did you start doing that? Well, you know, as I said, I, that I always quit singing completely, so I did my senior recital. I finally did, was able to do that. I went back Yay! after taking a break. I auditioned uh, for that panel, you know, that oh. was that mean panel looking <laughs> at me, you know, just like anybody knows when you audition. And, and I, I got through that panel. They said, yeah, let her do a senior recital. Something miraculous really happened into my life as I came to the Lord. Oh. I went back. I was. He released those chains of bondage across my chest that were keeping me from getting a deep breath of air. The chains were broken. Oh. 
I was able to sing, and I thought, wow, where are these, where are these notes coming from? And of course, it was that freedom in Christ. Yeah. So I graduated, got, got out of that situation, and it was amazing, because right away I needed a job, and I got a job at the uh, Sacramento Association for the Retarded. Wow. It's amazing. I was a secretary in the front office, and it, be- it came to and it came to my attention that uh, there were people with disabilities that uh, wanted to start a music group. So we started a group. We had them for seven and a half years. My husband and I were married. We started this wonderful music group for seven and a half years. We took them to Europe. We took them to Denmark and Iceland and played wow. on the steps of the Capitol in D.C. A world tour. Yeah, for, for seven, sure. And it was working with them. And what do they have to, you know, what do I have to complain about with all their disabilities and barriers? And it was through working with our students, and I was in Denmark, and I was encouraged by another person to say, you know, what you do with a handicap is wonderful, but I think you must sing. Wow. And then I was encouraged by Carol Kent several years later, you know, you you already talk, so let's get you speaking. So wonderful. I'm singing and speaking and all of that now. And you're doing retreats, and, and I know at your heart, you lead worship. You lead women into worship and in such a beautiful way, Carol. What an amazing story, how God is using you in the local church and in our region and throughout the country. And what's coming up next for you? What's what's happening? Looking forward to Bible, continuing Bible Chicks and, and producing wonderful shows and showcasing women who are, again, are imperfect, but have an incredible story. We're all unique. You know, if you look at a thumbprint, no clones in the kingdom of God. He didn't make any of us and you know, alike or the we have similarities certainly. And our and our commonality is our love for Christ because of what he first he first loved us. Yes, Carol, he does love us so much. And he replaces our old identity with his spirit and our new identity. You have a song that talks about how he fills that place in our heart, don't you? I wrote it on the way home. I was driving home from a community Bible study class, and it was based on the teach on our teaching leader. And so I would just say to listeners, you know, just let that crustiness leave your heart and be filled with him. I was searching for answers to questions Longing for someone to care I was hoping the stress and the trials Would turn into breaths of fresh air Oh yes, my life it was empty And my plans seemed to just fall apart But then I called For answers to questions Longing for someone to care Are you hoping the stress and the trials Will turn into breaths of fresh air Oh yes, your life may be empty And your plans may be falling apart You can call upon Jesus
I hope you were blessed today by my story. And I want to thank Sandy Padilla for uh, firing the questions today. Make sure to visit BibleChicks.com to find out more and to listen to archive shows. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Carol Brewer and blessed to be hosting you. God bless you. And remember that in him, we live, move, and have our being. See you next time. Reading, believing, living is word. Praying, never receiving all the truth that we've heard.